In this video, I'm gonna talk about the Houston Rockets free agency, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So y'all tap in, enjoy. Sound 42. Turn it up. It's the Chop Not Slop Show. So G Ron C and DJ Candlestick. Shop Stars OVO Gang. DJ Candlestick. So if you didn't know, we got a new look for the Chop Shop merch store. We got some new drops in there, some new sales coming up. I want you guys to go to the merch store. You don't have to buy anything. I just want you to go there and look at some of these fire designs that we got in there. Shout out to our CSGs. If you hear the term CSG on the channel, that stands for Chop Shop Gang. That's the community. That's those passionate Rockets fans that sit through two, three years of a rebuild, that sit through bad games, that sit through bad coaching. Shout out to y'all. We are at the cusp of glory. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. Got to keep pushing through. Shout out to the CSGs. Go to the merch store. Check out the designs on there. If you like something, cop it, man. Cop it. Let them boys know what the CSG stands for, man. Tell them that you've been a die harder. You went through the Christian Wood years. You went through the John Wall years. So keep repping, keep supporting the Chop Shop, and we're going to keep dropping heat. So my question is more, I, I want you to talk to the young fellas in this league. And, you know, you're getting to that veteran status. <laughs> now it happens, it happens quick, though, doesn't it? Ooh, but man. listen, because your story is so great. For you to be, you know, to win a, a G League championship, then go up and win a championship, and now you're one of the few you know, non-drafted players to ever make an All-Star game. What is it that still wakes you up and motivates you every single day, knowing what you've already accomplished in your early part of your career? I just want to be great. I never set out, you know, with super, like, goals in this. I just wanted to be great, and I always want to continue to get better. So there was no checkpoint that I reached that I was like, oh, I'm done. So when I made it to the league, I wanted to do more. When I won a championship, I want to win another one. Now I'm an all-star. I want to not be a one-time all-star. So it's like just finding that ambition and, and not being satisfied with what you got because we do live a good life and things are good and, you know, we're spoiled and pampered, but it's always more out there and, you know, I just try to stay hungry. So our Rockets have uh, completed the free agency and, you know, it's been a very hectic past two days. So I'm recording this right now, Saturday night, July 1st. Um, and so far it's, you know, it's pretty much, we know of three players for sure we're getting. And those three players are Fred Van Vliet, uh, Dylan Brooks and Jacques Landale um, from the Phoenix Suns. Um, obviously the Dylan Brooks one is trying to be expanded into a, a, a three or four team trade that could open up some of the cap space because if they do it as a sign and trade, it does free up some cap because he's not being traded into the cap. So that that may uh, allow them to add, make additional moves. So maybe by the time this video comes out, we're already talking about additional moves, but I'm going to be judging the free agency based on what I know right now. And based on what I know right now, how do I feel? I don't know. It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag, but I, I don't think it's as bad as... Um, people are projecting i don't think it's great some people you know i don't know why the fan base has this tendency to either you have to like love something or you have to hate it with a passion to really uh judge it 
Um, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, there's some things that I like, there's some things that I didn't like. Uh, there's some things that really are just a, a result of past actions that have gone wrong. And I think that's the theme of this entire free agency is that the Rockets are overcorrecting for just bad, bad stuff that happened in the past. Right. And we can we can talk about some of that. But, you know, just looking at the contracts, you know, the first and the biggest piece of our free agency, obviously, as you guys know, is Fred Van Vliet getting the, uh, you know, the three year for one hundred and thirty uh, thirty million dollars. Um, so this is at first, I ain't gonna lie. I was worried. I was worried because I didn't know that whether that 30 was guaranteed, was it a player option? Was it a team option? But it came out later in the day that it was a, a, a team option on that 30 year, which makes it a totally different ball game for that contract. You know, we've talked about on this channel, me and space about how it would be perfectly fine if the Rockets gave him a two for $80 million contract, because essentially, um, you have cap space. Um, you have a bunch of rookie contracts and you want to be able to use your cap space uh, and occupy it while you're making evaluations on your rookies and these guys that are on these contracts that aren't due to get paid yet. So why not just give that up to somebody that's a value player that's going to be a positive on the court? Despite what you think about Fred Van Vliet's efficiency as a Raptor, um, he was a plus player. When he was on the court, they were winning. When he was off the court, they were losing. So He's a winning player. And, you know, you guys know if you've watched me uh, on this channel for a while, you know how I feel about that Raptors team. Uh, severely under-talented. Um, I think that Masai Ujiri is on pack watch as a general manager. Um, he's been living off of that Kawhi um, kind of uh, uh, championship for, for a minute now. And I haven't seen him put together a good roster since then, honestly. I, and, and, and you know, you, and this really came up when I was talking about the Nick Nurse with him being a possible uh, coaching target for the Rockets how I feel about the Raptors. So that's to the side. But regardless, on that team, Fred was a, a plus player. So what is it that, you know, we're bringing in? We're bringing a guy that's a plus player. He's not Chris Paul. He's not like this floor general, um, but he is a point guard and he is a, a damn good point guard at that. Um, I think there are some issues that he did show this past season, hella inefficient um, season for him by his own standards. And um, I think he was doing too much. You know, I'll, I'll just keep it simple like that. Like Fred was playing in a situation where whether it was because it was a contract year or um, he was being asked to do so by coach uh, Nurse, he was playing too much. Dude was playing too much. He was playing bigger than his role would ever be. The, some of Fred Van Vliet's best seasons was playing alongside a another offensive uh, creator and him being kind of a secondary player. If you want Fred Van Vliet, to be your offensive engine, you're gonna be in trouble. So that's not why he's here, right? We're not bringing him here to be Harden. We're not bringing him here to be a, you know, a guy that's gonna carry us and to be 2017 Russ. Fred Van Vliet is here to be a point guard for a team with a lot of talented offensive players to play good defense, to be a veteran in the locker room. And he fits the mold of what Coach Udoka has said that he wanted to do. You're gonna see a lot of these guys that the Rockets uh, brought in are guys that um, fit a certain standard that Coach Adoka has spoken of, which is guys that are good locker room guys, guys that are high character, guys that are defensive minded and guys that have played on a big stage. And Fred Van Vliet has played on the biggest stage, uh, uh, obviously a 2019 uh, a champion of beating the Golden State Warriors en route to doing that, beating the Milwaukee Bucks. So you're bringing a, a championship level guard to your team that severely needs it. Now, the contract Ah, you know, what I mean, the, 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 you know, I don't think that the Rockets came into this thinking that 
hey, we're going to give him a, a, you know, a two plus one with a team option. I think they initially, as they rumored, wanted two year contracts for most of these signings that they made. Um, and so the fact that he got a plus one on there means that the negotiations got a little bit tense and they had to throw in that as a as a kind of a a, a safety net for him in the event that they had to exercise that option and it works out. So that's a little bit more than he would have had, more security than he would have had if they didn't have it there. But essentially it's a two-year contract, right? Because if it's a team option, if they want to move on from him, they can move on from him after the second year. So essentially he's just going to be an expiring after a year, which is what I wanted for any player, whether it was Fred, James Harden, whoever they wanted to bring in, that is totally fine with me. And I'm glad that they did that. So that is to me they hit that that's what they were supposed to do they did that there's no gripe for me about the fred van fleet as far as his on-court fit i mean i'll get into more details i really got to dig down and really put together a great video just showing you guys introducing you guys to fred van fleet but um just generally he fits well you know he's played alongside other guards obviously with kyle lowry um, he's played alongside other scorers he's been on multiple types of teams the Raptors team that won the championship, the Raptors teams that played the year after that, the Raptors teams he played in the last two years are totally different teams, right? So he's he's kind of played in all sorts of situations. And I think that um, for the guys that we have, he's going to be a guy that can play on ball, off ball. I think I'm excited to see him and Al P in a little two-man game, see how they're able to run that, kind of uh, reminiscent of him and DJ Augustine, how, how they had that chemistry as a guard and a big. So I think the Van Vliet, if I had to rate that individual signing, I'm going to give that a uh, probably an A minus um, just because that is a guy that we wanted. We got him at the price that we wanted it. And, uh, you know, the extra year since it's a team option isn't that bad. Um, I think that's something that you can deal with. And he just he's good, good cap space holder um, at worst. If it doesn't work out with fit here, he's always going to be he's still relatively young, 29 years old, positive value contract. A uh, guy that you could possibly flip to another team. It's going to be a little tough at that price, at 40 million, uh, 40 plus. Um, but um, as long as he doesn't just fall off a cliff or gets injured severely, he should still be a positive contract. So Fred is on the team. You know what does that mean for some of the other guys? Uh, you know we'll talk about that in the future. But I think that was that was a pretty decent signing. I got ball. Three, the dude. X, take up, take up. And one! Keep going. Good take, Judy. BC, BC, driver BC. I got my boy in the back pocket. You know, I love that middle, so I'm gonna pass that in there. Hey, hey that's technique. That's technique. It's a big boy. Good, good, Melt. Hey, 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 stay. stay. Just stay locked into him. Stay locked to him. Stay a little physical with him. Yeah, I, got, I, got all, I got your whole playbook, buddy. What's basketball melt? What's basketball melt? I'm here. Yeah! Yeah! Nigga, fade away, Dez. Hey, my bad. That's on me. The same play. I got ball. Oh! So then the next guy is kind of one that, uh, you know, I'm. I, this is the one I'm having mixed feelings about. And uh, the reason is you think about, um, and obviously I'm talking about Dylan Brooks. You think about Dylan Brooks and what he brings to the table. He's a great defender. Um, outside of that, um, you know, the toughness, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think the reason he's not a Memphis Grizzly right now is some of the things that he does that is, is not good for him. 
Um, once again, all-world defender. If you look at his ratings, he's rated highly in pretty much every defensive category for a wing defender. So he's bringing that to the team. But the reason that, um, you know, a lot of people uh, don't, you know, aren't excited about him as a prospect on the team is because of some of those things that he does wrong, like his shot selection. Um, he does take a lot of ill-timed shots. And I'm not sure if this is something that you want to bring on a team that have a lot of players that play ill time uh, that take uh, ill time shots he's also a guy that you know obviously we've seen the antics and stuff and you know i'm all for guys that are you know like they talk trash and they do all the stuff to try to get into their opponent's head but when it starts impacting the team that's where i kind of fall off at so for him getting him on a four-year 80 million dollar contract i think it's a massive overpay for a guy that to me was a depressed asset um, as a team, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the type of player you want to lock in for the next four years, because we've seen what happened with the Christian Woods of the world. When guys go sour on your team, especially guys that think more of themselves than they actually are, it really, really does look bad. It looks nasty and it messes up team chemistry. I'm not going to say that he's going to be one of those guys because I think he's still a team player. Um, what you hope for is that between the structure of having Fred Van Vliet, you're you're adding uh, other vets like Jeff Green that, you know, I'll touch on a little bit later. Um, Jock Lando is not a vet like that. Um, but, you know, Coach Udoka and bringing some of that structure in and maybe defining his role differently than it was in Memphis. He'll be able to be somebody that's more supportive in his uh, in how he plays rather than thinking that he's him. Then maybe you can get the best out of him. The thing about players like him, it's a fine line, right? When you have a, a player like him, like the Draymonds of the world, the Russell Westbrooks, you have to really be careful in trying to mitigate some of the things that they do as far as the quote unquote antics, because some of those antics are the same reasons they're great, right? Dylan Brooks probably is not in the NBA if he's not the type of person that he is. The guy that thinks he could shut down anybody in the NBA. That's what drives him to become the best defensive player that he is. So you're still gonna see that and that's perfectly fine, but can he mitigate bad shot taking can he mitigate uh, playing within the context of the game and playing within the context of the team and to me that's what's going to decide whether he's a player that you want to keep rolling on with uh, onward or not the 80 million dollar contract you know 20 million dollars a year it's 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 an it's an overpay for i don't think that's what my price point was for him i didn't see anything over 15 then not not sure if the four years was in the cards i guarantee you if you ask for Stone and give him truth serum and said, hey, did you? is this what you wanted coming out of free agency to give a guy a four-year $80 million contract? I guarantee you he says no. Now, people are going to say, oh, it's a good deal, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, it really doesn't matter um, as far as like what the price is, but that the length of that contract is, is what's crazy because it dips into not only Jalen's and Shangun's, um, uh, their extension year, it also dips into J uh, Jabari's and Tari's extension year. Now, there's a world where Maybe we don't get lucky and uh, Jabari and Tari are bust or Jalen and Shangun, one of them doesn't work out. You don't have to pay, you only have to pay one person or pay nobody. That sucks for us, but then you will see that you have a Dylan Brooks contract on there that's pretty good value. And maybe one of your guys hits and you could then pair them together and say, we have a, maybe he's by then he's like 31 uh, year old Dylan Brooks is a wing defender. Maybe, but in that world, the Rockets are probably not very good and we have bigger issues anyways. So. For me, the thing with him is that can he be the best version of himself? Can Coach Udoka get that out of him? Can um, you know? Can his some of the stuff that he does be mitigated? 
because you have to compound the fact that we have other players that play his position. And I'm not the type to say, oh, I'm worried that, oh, Dylan Brooks is here. He's going to be he's going to be uh, wanting to start. If he's better than anybody in his position at this point, then, yeah, he should start. If he's being beat out by Tari or whoever, Cam Whitmore or somebody else on the roster and he has to come off the bench, then if there should be no issues with that. And if there is an issue with that, then you get into what I was talking about earlier with those type of contracts. That's why you don't want to be tied up, tied up with guys um, that have some questionable character. We'll see. We don't know. Uh, for his signing, I think that that four years was a bridge too far for me. I'm going to give that a C minus um, overall for the, uh, his signing as, as a player. So um, but but the upside for Dylan Brooks, I think on the short term, what he brings defensive toughness, tenacity, he's going to change the makeup of the team. This is a guy that's going to change the practices um, and, and he's going to just be a positive addition to the short term. If he can mold into a more mature version of himself, then this may be a home run in the long run if he actually does play within the context of a team and learns to mitigate the stuff he does bad. So like I said, C-minus for that just because of the length of that contract. Optionality should be the premium right now, especially as we're going into the uncharted waters of this new CBA. So C-minus for Dylan Brooks. So Jock Landell is a player that we got uh, pivoted, pivoting from... Uh, from Brooke Lopez. Now, you know, I don't think that the Rockets have this big board in their office, uh, in their executive uh, suite, where they're like their war room for the uh, for the free agency, and have like this uh, option chart that starts off with Brooke Lopez as the top option. Then Plan B, it says Jack Landale under there. So I think that he is definitely somebody we pivoted to after the Lopez thing fell apart. We offered, um, it was rumored that the, the Rockets actually offered more than the Milwaukee Bucks to Brooke Lopez. Um, and who gave him a uh, Milwaukee gave him a two year, a forty eight million dollar contract, which is roughly twenty four million dollars per year. The Rockets could have uh, offered him twenty five, and I'm sure they did. And he turned that down, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's something I'm glad that they didn't do a massive, massive overpay for him. Um, I wonder if they could have added more money on that uh, with some of the moves they make to, to expand their cap space. But it didn't work out. And that's you know, that's OK. And the Jack Landale signing, um, giving him a, a you know a contract and uh, having it just one year guaranteed. I think he's roughly around like 36 million or something like that. Um, that's fine. You know, that's perfectly fine. Um, and it's the reason that I like it is because it's only one year guarantee because all the years on there um, are non guaranteed. Uh, they're going to be team options. So he's just a kick the can down the road type of move. And that's exactly when you what you want to do in this this uh, situation that you're in. Um, and that's why I wish that Dylan Brooks was also along the kick the can down the road uh, type of move. They also added Jeff Green, which to me is one of my favorite moves that they've done in a vacuum. I love uh, Uncle Jeff. Um, I think, you know, we've he's back again. We remember him from the tenure here from the bubble year. Um, Jeff is a great player. We saw what he did in Denver. I was able to um, be a good big addition for their, their championship run, play some big games for them throughout the playoffs and gave them big minutes. Um, he's a great three point shooter still, still one of the better athletes in the NBA. And by all accounts, Jeff is a great guy, man. He's a great locker room guy that um, the type of glue guy that you want on your team to help a bunch of a bunch of players. Plus, there's the added benefit. You think about a man Thompson as a prospect um, that we just drafted um, and added to the team. A man is a guy that really has is going to struggle shooting early on in his career. So you're adding uh, a spacer there. So if the Rockets have a second unit that does feature Uncle Jeff there as a, maybe the small ball five 
or even the four position, then that's a guy that can stretch the floor for the Thompson. And then, you know, you get into other players there that you want to bring in. Where does K, uh, where does uh, K, KBJ play? Now that we have, uh, um, you know, we have uh, Fred Van Vliet on the court. You know, is KPJ going to be on the starting unit? Is he going to be coming off the bench? If he is off the bench, you think about that him and um, Amen Thompson as a backcourt. That's that's pretty cool, man. I'm not going to lie. That is a nice backcourt. Two big guards um, that could attack the rim, that could score. Um, obviously, KPJ is an off-ball scorer, shooting threes. He's a valuable player, and I hope that his development continues. And I'm curious to see what he actually does now that he isn't being uh, treated as the best player on the team because that's going to be an adjustment that he has to make uh, coming up. Uh, but I think Londell and Jeff Green, you know, between them together, roughly about 14, 15 million dollars um, in in contracts. Uh, that's a great little um, little deal that you could use if you see maybe next year you could Jeff Green's contract is only one year. So you could just pivot away from that. If they see a vet they want to add to the team. They could still um, make some some space. Um, by um, completing the sign and trade with Memphis. And I think they have to involve other teams to expand their cap space in addition, maybe, maybe up to 18, 19 million dollars. So you still have a bit of cap space. I think when it's all said and done, they, they still have maybe roughly 30, up to 30 million um, next year if they if they do it correctly. So it's 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 a half and half. So they were able to keep some flexibility and give up some flexibility going forward. So overall, for me, with the Fred Van Vliet, um, with the Fred Van Vliet team option being a being a uh, being a non uh, team option, the third year being a team option for Fred Van Vliet, um, with the fact that Alondale's contract is non guaranteed, it's only one year guaranteed. With Uncle Jeff being there, if they do complete the sign and trade, um, I will give. Uh, all three, you know, the signings that they made overall a B minus uh, in that one issue that I do have with what the Rockets have done. And this is, speaks to something deeper um, than just a free agency is the fact that we gave away literally just gave away first round picks. Right. We gave away first round picks in the form of Ty Ty Washington, Jr., Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba. And we gave away a, a elite role player um, in K.J. Martin. And the reason I say gave away is because literally they gave them away. So when I say gave away with um, Ty Ty Washington and, and uh, Usman Garuba, we gave them to Atlanta to uh, an, an additional two second round picks um, just to offload them. And, you know, why are you offloading a guy that you just drafted literally a year ago? And you think about why, right? We're at this uh, in, in this spot where we have all these picks that we've drafted over the years and you know me and multiple people on this channel have been telling y'all like you can't really try to draft all those picks um and even if you did draft all those picks your game plan should not be to just not play them right and this goes back to the silas era and the incompetence that steven silas and Phil stone showed in managing their assets over the past few years and to me a lot of the things we're seeing now with the overpayment for a fred van vliet on a 40 million dollar contract with the overpayment for a dylan brooks on a four-year 80 million dollar contract is just paying for the mistakes that they've made in the past in branding the team and in the development and instituting structure for the team. There's no world where we should be giving up um, uh, two guys that were recently drafted and adding picks for the team to take them. Unless the world is that the coach that you had before did not play them. And not only did he not play them, he played players like Dacian Nix and uh, Eric Gordon that were inconsequential to the, to the future of the team. Because you know what? 
We let Eric Gordon go to the Clippers for a pick swap. Grant, granted, it got us Cam uh, Whitmore. Um, you know, that's it's just it, it is what it is there. But uh, Dacia Nix, who was averaging upwards of, of you know, 30 minutes on some nights, um, just got waived. So you have a coach playing a player that you ended up waving in, in place of a player that you drafted in the first round pick and not really had time to evaluate whether Ty Ty was actually a viable option as a backup guard. And even if you wanted to pivot from Ty Ty, the fact that you didn't play him and just kept him in the G League where he was playing really, really well, um, the, the fact that you didn't play him led to the fact that teams around the NBA don't know his value. They don't know the value of a, of a Garuba because he was playing behind a Boban. That's who knows where Boban's gonna be, probably filming a movie um, by the time the season starts. So. All of these kind of mini moves, you think about all the bad moves the Rockets have made throughout the uh, the past three years. You think about all the uh, all the bad structure, structural decisions they've made, not having vets on the team, not, um, you know, having a coach that really knows what he's doing, um, not utilizing your your players to the best of their abilities, making bad trades, um, um, not managing your assets to the full max that you could, not getting extra picks in, in trade deals and, and just maximize everything you could. It all leads up to the point now where the NBA perceives us as a team that can't be trusted at this point. And the free agents and their agents also perceive that. So what we're doing right now, what the Rockets are essentially doing with this free agency is trying to correct the narrative. And that's what we're paying for. And it's going to cost a little. It's, it's costing us some money. It's going to cost us players and it's going to cost us picks and it's going to cost us assets to really pay for the mistakes of this rebuild that we had. Let this be a lesson. You cannot just tank, just just tank just aggressively without considering development. Because the only assets, the most tangible assets the Rockets had on this, on this, throughout this rebuild, is not the Brooklyn Nets pick because we don't know what they're going to be. Hell, the Nets might have Dame Lillard by the time um, this video comes out, right? It's not, you know, your future draft picks. The most tangible assets you have are your players that you have in that building, especially ones that you're going to be drafting in the first round. They should have managed the players better. Do what OKC did. If we're winning too many games and you're trying to tank and your guys are just too good, sit them, right? Find a find a reason to sit them. But they were just all over the place, never really had a plan for development, and it shows in how these things turned out. And now we have to make these drastic moves in free agency to try to overcorrect. And you know what? It's okay. This is what we have to do to get back on track. At the end of the day, regardless of who we brought in, whether it's Fred Van Fleet, whether it's Dylan Brooks, Jack Landell, uh, Uncle Jeff, anybody the Rockets have brought in, they have to rely on these young guys. And that's my biggest takeaway from this free agency. If Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, if Alperen Shangun, Tari East, and Amanda Thompson, Cam Whitmore, if those guys don't pan out, if, if all of them fail, then we're going to fail as a franchise. So it is all going to be on the backs of these young guys. And that's exactly how it should be. Because those are the guys that we drafted and invested all the resources in getting into our building. And so what the moves that the Rockets are going to be making over the next few years should keep that in mind. We're at the point we don't have a big star. Fred Van Vliet is as good as he is as a teammate and as a, as a, as a, as a functioning guard on a, on a good team, as a competent guard. He is not a, a guy that's, oh my God, we got Fred Van Vliet. He's going to carry us to a, a fifth seed. So Jalen. Jabari, Tari, Al P, Cam, Amen. 
those are the guys that you're going to look towards and KPJ, depending on how he develops. Um, and if they keep him and don't trade him, um, these are the guys you're going to be looking towards to see, can you take us to the promised land? Right? So the moves they need to make, once again, the reason that optionality and flexibility is such a big deal is that the moves they need to make need to be with this in mind. What can we do to push these guys to the best of their abilities? What can we do to support them in their development? What can we do to give them a structure that's conducive to winning, growth, and development? What can we do to draw out the best out of these players so that when these contracts fall off, we can hand them the reins and feel good about it? And I think that's what the needle that they're gonna have to thread over the next few years. So far, so good. Uh, in a vacuum, I like a lot of the individual trades that we've made, uh, trades and signings that we've made. I think that Stone did a great job and Tillman obviously did a great job uh, hiring Ime Udoka. I think they did a they did a great job in the draft um, getting uh, Man Thompson and Cam Whitmore. And I think free agency, I don't think they did a great job, but I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to seem. I think that um, they had to do what they had to do. And this is a new dynamic now with Coach Udoka on, on, the, on staff. It's gonna take some time before they can correct everything. It's gonna take some time to teach these kids how to win. It's gonna take some time for them to learn um, how to build those habits that really translate into being a, a consistent player on a night-to-night -night basis. It might not look pretty at the outset of it, but at the end of the day, it's gonna come down to the guys that we already have here. I think we have the structure already to build a contender. And I think the supplemental pieces we added in free agency despite not being what we all expected. And we all started off with Cam Johnson and all these big names, but reality set in that at the end of the day, you cannot be one of the worst franchises as far as on-court play for three years in a row and expect to just be a magnet for free agents. I don't give a damn how nice Houston is. I don't give a damn how, how good the food is in Houston. You got to get it out the mud. And I think that's exactly what we got to do. So, hey, Rockets, get back to work. Y'all keep chopping wood and just keep, you know what I mean? Keep, keep, keep developing these guys and helping them grow. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to see. Summer League is literally like six days away. So that's going to be exciting to see a man get to play and see what he really brings to the table. I'm really high on the man Thompson. If y'all don't know, I'm really, really high on the man Thompson. I think we got one in him there. Um, and yeah, man, but shout out to uh, Jay Gupp. Shout out to KJ Martin, who's now on the Clippers. Um, I'm definitely going to uh, miss those guys, Garuba and Ty Ty, man. I think Ty Ty really got the raw deal here because I feel like he never really got a full opportunity to go through his bumps and bruises. If we were going to treat Ty Ty um, like we treated Jabari, um, then he should have been playing, right? He should have got all the backup point guard minutes, all of them, no matter how shy he looked, no matter how nervous he was when he was playing. He should have got all the backup point guard minutes, but he just never did. And he never got the fair shake because our coach had a form of CTE. So, you know what I mean? It goes back. Once again, we're paying for the things that we've done in the past, but hey, we still got to rely on these young guys. But KJ, man, I'm going to miss that kid because I think he was a really smart player. Hope he does well on the Clippers. Garuba, um, Ty Ty Jacob. You know what I mean? Hope they do well in the Clippers. Um, I don't know if this is an indictment on Rafael Stone. Y'all say he's a great drafter. I don't know, man. I don't know if we're giving away guys like they're, they're hotcakes. But y'all let me know, what grades do you give the Rockets free agency? Um, 
what is your grade? You can give them individually for each player and then give me your grade collectively um, uh, as a team. So overall, like I told you, I give them a B minus um, for their free agency. I gave them, I think I gave them an A for uh, for the uh, draft. So, so far off season for the Rockets, if I average those out, A minus right now, maybe a, a, a B plus, uh, depending on how low I am on that B minus. But so far, so good, man. Excited about the season. But y'all let me know. Let me know. What is your grade? Let me know in the chat and keep supporting the channel. Appreciate y'all, man. We had a great time doing the uh, the live streams for the uh, free agency. Really got a chance to talk to a lot of the people. We're, me and Space are going to try to do more of those um, to try to, you know, really get the voice of the community. So y'all keep rocking with the Chop Shop and we're going to keep dropping that fire. Whether on offense or defense, I just go out and play hard. I try to get my teammates open, and you know, I let the game come to me. Clutch shot. My boy played the whole the half, man, the whole second half, man. He's a killer. Y'all know what's going on, man. SOS, baby. Good ball win. Now let's go back to the war. Get out this club. Being his father, but being his mentor, I sit back and observe. I smile. I'm a proud parent. Me being a basketball player, I'm in awe at times capability and I see his ceiling I see where he can get to and he's heading the right direction man